So today's episode is the last episode of 2021. So we thought of compiling my favorite lessons that I have learned from all these guests who come on our show and how they have impacted me. So I thought, let's understand what can you do when it comes to listening to all these things to implement the lessons and move forward and take actions and actually do what it takes to build the person that you want to become. Hi there, thank you so much for joining me one more time on India's first graphology-based leadership show called Absolutely Right with Aditi Surana. This is a show where I talk about high performance, talk about leadership, and most importantly, claiming the best possible version of yourself. So if you are still not sure of what we do, do check out our Wednesday episodes where I analyze people, some high performance, some amazing leaders, and talk about their personalities, their challenges, and the imperfectly perfect life that they're living and how amazing they are in one or two areas of their life, which they decode and talk about. And our Friday episodes where I speak about small stories, anecdotes, where you can have a tool or a hack to change something about your life and the way you look at things. So today's episode is episode number 189 imagine how far we have come but it's also the last episode of 2021 so we thought of compiling my favorite lessons that I have learned from all these guests who come on our show and how they have impacted me so I thought let's do a little chit chat let's understand what can you do when it comes to listening to all these things to implement the lessons and move forward and take actions and actually do what it takes to build the person that you want to become. Let's get started. My first lesson was reiterated by Vinit Singh, who was then the chief marketing officer for WeWork and currently working as Baiju's vice president for brand and creative strategy. And he spoke about how we all are walking, talking stories. More you understand people, more you observe them, you learn how people function, what are their gaps, what are their perspectives. And when you have that deep understanding, the products that you create, the services that you deliver, the content that you develop becomes more and more relatable. Here is what he said. A happy team is always going to be a successful team, right? If you, if you, if you're happy, you will don't need to care about targets. They automatically happen. I've somehow figured um, targets have a funny way of <laughs> getting achieved if, you're, if your team is happy. I mean, I'm, I'm as good as my team is, right? Or, or anyone I work with. I think wherever I am in my career today um, is, is because I work with some fantastic people, who, my peers as well as my team. And I've always thought that, you know, at a certain position, you have to go out and give back. I've, um, my growth for my team is only going to be accounted for once um, once I leave from their, their from a career, from a professional standpoint, right? And see how, what kind of impact I've made in their life and how they've grown in their careers or or in in, in the personality type as well. Um, so I honestly feel that it's it's always good, you know, because, you know, you're, you're not waking up from the same side of the bed every day. And, uh, and when that happens, you know, you have off days, you have off months, you may have an off year. And that doesn't define your potential. And I think I always felt that, you know, it's important to go down and help uh, people who've 
maybe lost their way a little bit or maybe like i said just got up from the wrong side of the bed and um, <clears throat> make sure they can get to a place where they want to get to and that's i think that's what good leaders or managers do i think it's important for them to realize strengths of their team and then just keep pushing them so yeah we we are walking talking stories around especially in a country which is as populated as us i think especially right. in my field the more you observe the more you learn i think one of my best experiences i've had as a marketer was um, when i when i traveled to different lengths and breadths of the country spent you know spent time in villages and i learned so much just about motivations aspirations of of people and i think in this field in the field of brand marketing and creative i feel observing people gives you so much more perspective not just for your work but also about where you could go in life this happens when when we are ideating as well right a lot of ideas that come in are more because of some observations that we made about people here and there or a situation true, and true. that you know and randomly and in, and random observation people, yeah and they they become so more relatable right because everyone's actually observing they don't realize that they're capturing it and observing it the reason that we give it a so much of importance is because we're capturing it and we 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 we're trying to build stories out of it and that's that's what's happening but a lot of people don't do that which essentially but mm-hmm. when they see an idea they're like listen wait this has happened to me as well um right. so they relate to and it that's a what lot makes more. content relatable isn't it totally I must tell you this being a graphologist actually observing stories of people being able to be a part of their life actually seeing where they're coming from and how colorful their own perspective is has been the biggest learning biggest achievement of my life I'm not saying this because I'm only passionate about the work that I do but I also feel that when you start observing people you start learning about yourself about how you think how you function every single time analyze someone's writing and i'm describing their behavior a part of me is observing what i'm saying and also relating it correlating it with my own behavior in various situations so i think that entire journey that entire process of meeting pretty much different versions of you in others is a very powerful experience So when Vineet spoke about this idea that we are walking talking stories I couldn't have agreed more but there's also a space that if we are stories we can rewrite our stories on our own think about it if you want to learn more interesting lessons from Vineet Singh's conversation then do check out our episode number 111 thriving guide for misfits it is an entertaining conversation and i hope you like it A large part of being a graphologist is about being a curious person to read people like an open book and that whole idea of knowing them understanding them is the most fascinating part having said that sometimes the tougher part of starting a career like this or sustaining is not how inspired you are how enthusiastic you are but how much do you manage to endure that process endure that journey 
And when I heard the record-breaking national champion Aparna Popa talk about the same thing, I was slightly relieved. She spoke about endurance being more crucial than any level of enthusiasm that person can bring in. And some of her lessons were wonderful. This episode, which was episode number 159, called It Never Gets Easier, You Only Get Better, actually was appreciated by many, many listeners. And if you really want to take a moment to understand in your own life, how do you do things more or do them better or do them different to create an impact, this episode would really be intriguing for you. Check it out. The thing is, when when you play sport, and I'm not talking about the accolades or anything, it's mm-hmm. just the way you've immersed yourself um, in, into it. I think that sense of purpose Right. has been so strong and uh, the effort has been so strong like you know it's not a single day that you know you've shirked work or you know you've you know sort of given less than 100% no no matter what no matter and what i want to ask you about this like how do you manage to continue that journey you know like so many people talk about achievements and i want to talk about the transition after that but as as a commoner i think we always have the this question for the royalties of people who are into sports and Olympians like you, like literally, how do you continue that routine? And I've read so many books and I, I love reading and studying about uh, the biographies of people who have achieved their, their you know, highest possible potential. How do you continue to show up for your practice, show up for your routine, show up for every single thing, every single day, like seven days a week? Yeah. You know, as, as they say, right, enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's just about uh, about getting better. For me, it was very simple that I just wanted to be better and be as perfect as possible. Not because of an extra, not because people were watching me, not because people were judging me, but I was happiest when I did things well. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. The point being is that there's so much repetition involved in the sort of field uh, that that I was in. And uh, you've got to make it interesting for yourself. You've got to put those challenges in for yourself. And whether it means um, today, say, I've hit 10 shots in a row Mm -hmm. and tomorrow I want to hit 12, then you go on and you and I feel like you don't need to tell anyone about that goal. You just challenge yourself. It's your own challenge. If you don't do it, that's fine but just give it your best and that's sort of what kept me going i mean how do there were three things that i always believed one is do more okay okay do better or do different okay if i could consistently do these you know or do anything in with falls in either of these brackets then you will be getting ahead then at least you're going to make sure that you you do more or or you do better okay yeah. yeah or do different okay it never gets easier you only get better and um, this has come from um, me like if i look at the national titles that i've won so my career really started by winning the first nationals that i participated in which mm-hmm. was under 12 and i won a national title in the singles every year till i retired save one year so that was about 16 titles in 17 years Uh so pretty much consistency yes it's a i mean pretty much remaining unbeaten um at a time you know and 
producing your best mm. at that moment when it's required in that one week of the year every year for 17 years um you know it there could have been just so many things that were up that could have gone wrong gone wrong of course but they didn't and um I, I think from that, just realized that it didn't get easier. When I played my first national, there was a challenge that, you know, would I win, would I not? Um, mm. As as we went along, you know, conditions sort of were different. Opponents were different. They were employing different strategies. Um, perspectives were different. When, when I started off in the senior section, I was, you know, a youngster. So right. not so much pressure. And then after that, you're constantly defending your title mm. for the next nine years and uh, so that brings around, you know, different pressures in itself. Uh, there was this tournament I remember when I played one of my nationals in Lucknow, and there was severe food poisoning um, going around, and I was also affected. And I only ate vanilla ice cream right through that tournament because I could not, you know, stomach anything else, and I could not even warm up. Like warm up was tiring me out, and. Uh, somehow you know manage to win that nationals as well so you just have to you know find a way um, and and just keep getting better because you don't know what conditions are going to come in front of you and and the more you sort of prepare for them um, you know that that will hold you in good stead i said do more do better do different any point in time each and every session each and every set of each and every session. Wow. This is what you have to do. And if just to take you a little deeper, so the way I used to practice um, was if I was doing a sequence of say, you know, drop and net, which is from the back court to the forecourt, every time I hit a shot at the net, there was a feedback to my mind saying, could you have taken it little to the left to the right, little higher, little lower? Did you hold the racket tight enough? Was it too soft? Did it go too high over the net? Would you have pushed it more? Were you too close to the shuttle? Um, and imagine doing this for every shot for one hour. So this is the kind of sort of, um, you know, practice that uh, you sort of put in if you really want to get better. And um, I guess that is, yeah, I think that is something. And then in the end, commit to it. Commit like mad, um, you know, as they say, you know, when there's nothing else left to burn, then, um, you have to set yourself on fire. Wow. Be prepared to do that. And um, I think that is something that worked for me. And the last and my most favorite topic to talk about is the mind. The mind can just do anything and everything that you want it to. And uh, I think a lot of it comes with knowing that the choice is yours. Hmm. You are in control and you make the choices. And... Um, and, and sometimes when you don't give yourself any choice, that's when you realize what you're capable of. The next lesson comes from the Chief Marketing Officer of TCS Europe and UK, Ashish Babu. And he spoke about how being uncomfortable is part of your journey. You know, if you want to grow, you've got to walk into the discomfort. And that is powerful. That's interesting. But it's also tough. We decided to start India's first mental and emotional gym called APT. And you might have heard me speak about this concept multiple times. But mental fitness is not 
a mainstream conversation. We got to talk about it. It's essential. And we cannot just ignore it, especially after the pandemic. We all have seen how people suffered because their minds were not stable, because their emotions were not in control. And you know, I'm so passionate about that whole mental fitness as an idea that uh, the discomfort of doing this work and starting one more pioneering project was worth the efforts, absolutely worth the efforts. You know, sometimes it feels pressurizing. Sometimes you feel you do not want to look into things. You want to just take a break. But then you look at the results and you look at the growth that one can create or one, one is, is a part of things just become very different. So that discomfort is not something to run away from. For example, the, the whole apt journey pushed me to start a community. And if you have ever been part of a community, you constantly talk to people, you interact with them a lot more. They, they become part of your journey and you become part of theirs. And being a high performance coach, I've been doing it with a few handpicked people one-on-one. Now, the fact that we run a community of smart professionals, I really have to go beyond my personal comfort of being an introvert. So it's not only talking for the podcast, but it's also connecting and deeply understanding people on a regular basis. It was tough. First two months were were not in that easy. But the discomfort also brought the most amazing experiences. I feel I have grown as a coach. I have seen people grow from their deepest, toughest parts to own these parts and actually claim themselves. So I must tell you, starting a gym has been my favorite project of 2021 and it couldn't have been possible without dealing with the discomfort. So this is episode number 155 with Ashish Babu. The title is Three Ways to Lead in an Era of Constant Change. Something that you've got to look at and observe and absorb and constantly keep working on. Check it out. I've always approached people as, you know, everyone's in a journey. Everyone's in a journey. I mean, like you and me, you know, what do I care about? I care about my family. I care about my community. And I care about my personal growth. So to me, you know, that's the lens I look at, you know, the word resilience, I think has been spoken, but to me is about, you know, healing is a process by itself. You know, everyone, we don't know the stories of everyone, yeah. you know, there's a, there's an unfortunate situation when everyone's virtual, you think, yeah, that's the world. It's easy world because you can just click a button, get on a call, speak to each other. Then you give 10 tasks, three tasks and say, Hey, come back with that. But in yeah. the background, each one of them have to worry about their parents. If they're sitting in London, they're thinking about parents in Ahmedabad. And if they're sitting in Amsterdam, they're thinking about parents in Stockholm. Um, then they have a small child. And uh, I'm really trying to understand, you know, how can I start thinking about he- the healing process? Because to me, I think the healing happens. Healing is an important part. Rest will fall in place. Then you feel, you know, they, they, they've been heard. They want to feel, they want to, I won't say move on, but they, I think it's just about calmness in their soul. So that's something which I'm really keen to know what's the way to look at. I'm currently writing a book on calmness Mm. and the whole idea is like a commission by Amazon. The whole idea of the book is how calmness can become our superpower. Not like calm as relaxed, but calm as poised and active. Calm as a reservoir of the energy required to deal with challenges and uncertainty. 
And that cannot happen when we are in the middle of a battle. It cannot happen yeah. when you are on the battlefield. It must be done when you're not on the battlefield. It's like, you know, somebody trying to learn how to operate a gun maybe on the battlefield. It doesn't work yeah. like that. And people think of calmness when they're anxious, to think of healing when they are in the middle of that difficult situation. What we require to do is create a method, create a system, create a culture where we can actually tap into that calmness every single day, at least for 10 minutes, five minutes, make it so practical. You know how we go on Instagram every single day and we do it naturally because that's like a cool thing to do and that's what everybody yeah. does. I believe things like tapping into your own calmness or working towards not mental health, but I feel mental fitness. So you kind of every day do something like your physical fitness for your mental fitness. So when things get difficult, you do not fall apart. And that is yeah. not a, a coping mechanism. That's the lifestyle decision, which, which I feel is essential. We should make that shift from mental health as dealing with anxiety and depression to mental fitness as our everyday way of looking at life. So that filter needs to change. And I'm, I look upon, I look up to all the technology firms to really look at this as a, as a lifestyle, you know, like how Instagram could make access available, how Google worked at it. So if you all, you guys, like an appeal to all the technology creative minds to make calmness as a way of looking at the larger solution, we'll be able to really reach out to people. And then we do not have to fight it on a daily basis. I'll give you a small example. During the pandemic, we started a social initiative to teach people a stroke of graphology as a graphotherapy stroke, which allows your mind to calm down. And we ran some anti-anxiety workshops for them and everything was, you know, when the lockdown happened, the first one, nobody knew what to do. So we said, okay, let's, everybody's anxious, let's help. In the last 18 months, we had more than 10,000 people trying this, practicing wow. this, and people have changed the way they looked at killing themselves. Uh, when they were in COVID, the parents were in COVID, everything was getting helpless. They sat in the hospitals and people sent me photos and videos. It is moving, heartwarming to even think about it. Doing that practice so that that was a mechanism do, done every single day to build your muscles to be calm. Not as a reaction, but as a, as a path of building the extra muscle that was otherwise not available. So I love imagine, it. I think, imagine, yeah. imagine having tools and methods like that, where we, and we have so many already. It's just that we don't have the culture where it is cool enough to practice these things on a daily basis. I feel that is needed. No, I think uh, you give a great answer. I mean, there's this, you know, thing of, you know, calmness, you're right. I mean, calmness is not about when you're angry. Calmness is about, it's a state of mind. You, you, gotta, you know, it is in a way to relax your mind like the way you relax your body okay. and some of the best decisions happen when you are you know it's, it's like you know how we used to grow up and we used to sit in those trains uh, with uh, <laughs> no ipad and we used to think we used to get bored sure and the best ideas came from there Correct. and you observed people and you looked around and you had no rush to reach anywhere and we didn't exactly. struggle with like what to do with 24 hours of traveling yeah. we did something and we knew we'll figure it out also i feel Calmness is the poise when you are at high intensity, when you are making the best possible decision, when you're in, in your zone, when you are you know, in your element, you're performing, you're giving that best presentation or brainstorming. There's a moment where you know you are in control. 
imagine people being trained like athletes people everyday yeah. people are trained to have that calmness then we won't have the the issue of healing as much because people won't mm. collapse and break down because they'll keep practicing it's like unhealthy generation when they have to run a bit they feel exhausted mm. but healthy generation people practicing marathon and you know preparing for yeah. it if you make them run for 2 kilometers they won't get exhausted because they do you know do that regularly every year and that is what we require probably mental marathons i love that word i think let's work on this mental marathon i love that part i mean i mean let's do this yeah. please. i mean quiet. people talk about resilience but i think it's a mental marathon it's about consistency of staying calm rather than just staying calm for 5 minutes yeah and pausing and running again and pausing and yeah. running again yeah i i love that love the answer thank well. you if you pick something that you love as a profession as a, a project that you would like to engage with remember being committed to that journey is a crucial part of it you can't look at it as a gamble or a lottery or like just ignore things you got to give your best probably blood or sweat to this whole process and this was the lesson that i learned on episode number 121 with the iv cap ventures founder vikram gupta Vikram was very passionate about each business that he dealt with each business that he worked upon he really truly used his resources to make sure that he builds a professionally successful business that also leads to him working with some innovative talented phenomenal professionals and startup founders the episode is called the power of an entrepreneurial mindset now truly the mindset is the key if you build a mindset to make sure that you give your best shot and not look at things only in the short term instantly gratifying spaces but also walk deeper and understand things that you can do to build your long term mindset to move forward so check the episode out you would be surprised to see how the simple conversation leads to deeper understanding this is episode number 121 you know the mantra of my life is help people succeed and they will work extra hard to make you successful one thing which i've realized is in general even from a professional perspective i'm very experimental in nature right you know i will keep uh, experimenting with ideas you know and um, um i do believe that you know uh, there is al- there's always an opportunity uh, even if things are going down they're mm-hmm. going south there is always a positive side to it you know even in the current unfortunate situation of covid right i i keep looking at what's the positive side to it what's the opportunity out there because i think in the bigger picture i see life is short there's only so many years left in life you you know you have to live in your present you have to make the best use of your time you have to keep planning for the future uh you have to work hard uh you have to be disciplined with your time you have to plan well in advance so i think these things have helped me actually also i'm very very execution oriented uh in fact uh, uh even with entrepreneurs we work with you know i mean we keep listening to lots of ideas but you know it it all boils down to how will you execute on it and and once once you're convinced that you know here's the team who's working on it and even if i have to work on a plan 
once I know that, you know, this is something that can be executed well, then I really focus on getting it executed uh, and in a very planned manner and will make sure that it is done uh, well in time. If someone is doing it uh, or doing something just to kind of uh, just to fill in a gap or just to prove a point, that doesn't excite me, you know, unless you're doing it because you're passionate about it or you believe in it and there is some something you're deriving out uh, as an outcome of value. Uh, I believe this as a waste of time. I, I, I actually keep asking questions in terms of why you're doing it, you know, <laughs> don't, don't waste time, you know, so either do it because there's a, there's something meaningful, which is going to come out of it yep. or, or don't do it. I mean, uh, there's, there's no other way, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. So there's nothing in between. So either you do it or you don't do it. People who have uh, worked with you from the beginning or people you have groomed or mentored, those people have really gone beyond their own limitations. And which is, I feel, you know, the phenomenal part of being part of your team. And this is for your teammates and people who are working with you to learn and to absorb. And when you have a leader who is constantly reevaluating his journeys his decisions and willing to experiment i think that's a treat and that's, that's amazing yeah i i i'm always willing to accept my mistakes i'm always uh, willing to keep learning uh, i'm learning every day whether it is uh, my partner or a person who's just joined my team uh, i'm always asking questions in terms of what i can learn from you and that i think that actually uh, does help you know in in in, in the sense that People see you as someone who's not just bossing you around. People see you as someone who is equal, uh, who they don't like to call a boss, who they would like to call as a friend. So I think when you're working with a team who believes you are a friend, the fun of working uh, increases multifold. So, so I, I believe in that philosophy. If you want to do it passionately, if this is part of your passion, then you please go ahead and do it and you should do it yourself. You know, look and for startups. By passion, you mean that people who are interested in supporting other people's passion, is it? That is right. So if, if you are, if you are, you know, looking to invest in startups yourself, you should do that. Don't do it as a lottery, as a gamble. Right. You know, pe people are actually thinking of, you know, just like, you know, many people invest in stock market. Because they believe that, okay, let me put some money in this stock. I think it will go up. They may not even do any research on what's going on there. Right. Uh, I think uh, my, my suggestion would be don't, that's not probably the best way to do it. You know, the best way to do it is either you get involved, you know, see if you can add value beyond money. You know, don't just do it because you think your money will multiply uh, or give your money to a professional who can do a better job than you. And that's where the venture capital funds, organized VC funds, who actually do it for living and do it as passion. My last lesson comes from episode number 183, which we recently recorded with Shreya Sachdev, who is currently the marketing head for Puma India. The episode title was Breaking Stereotypes. And it was interesting because Shreya being so young, stayed in the process of dealing with resistance, taking up challenges and cracking codes by developing her own different approach. 
Now, here is what she has to say about how one can crack codes in the most complicated situations. Check it out. You know, we spoke a lot about this creative versus logic. And as a marketeer, I'm sure you fall into that space over and over again. Yeah. So if somebody uh, is not clear about which category they fall into, and Carl Jung spoke about this, and he said every person has uh, the male and the female. And by that, he meant actually this, you know, yeah. the masculine so-called traits that are considered as more strong, logical, uh, aggressive, fighter kind of traits, and yeah. the feminine, which are more soft, creative, uh, empathetic traits. So he he said that, Every single person has both these qualities available. And mm. depending on what you develop, you can mm. tap into it. And right. that development is your choice. That development is something that you got to work towards because a, a real person would be the one or like the complete person, as he says, where both the sides are fully explored. So yeah. not only masculine and not only feminine, but both sides are fully explored. True. Now, with your career, with your background, with your parenting, we have seen a lot of that, that, you know, masculine and feminine, creative and logic. So how do you look at that? And what can people do to pick a few things that they can implement or learn sure. from? Um, so I think, you know, um, I think the first thing uh, for people to think about when they think about this is one that it's not a conflict right um, you're not either or I see a lot of people saying I don't understand right brain or creative people or how can they live such logical analytical dry lives right um, <laughs> I think I don't think people are one or the other um, well said even though they believe that, right? So I think the first step is really pretty much just to be open to the possibility that you have both traits. It's just that one is underdeveloped. You haven't explored it. So you don't even know, um, you know, where you lie, right? Uh, so I think first step is just really being open to the fact that you are both, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's up to you to decide how you want to develop uh, both right, right. Um, I think the second thing is really about exposing yourself to situations and opportunities where you can explore both right in my case I was fortunate enough that I had parents who pushed both on me right so um, my dad for example every Sunday used to build this Lego house and he used to tell me now replicate it every Sunday for I don't wow. know how many months uh, to build my logical ability of this, then this, then this, structures, right? Um, structures. And, and I think it took me quite a few months, but eventually I was able to replicate the same Lego house, right? And I did it every Sunday for months. Uh, similarly, my mom would literally like I mean if she used to run everything in the house and still ensure that she would drive me to my kata classes right my um, craft and art classes my public speaking classes um and to and the also you were mentioning she started reading to you when you were 15 days old exactly right so I think I was fortunate fortunate enough to have more than enough exposure to both mm -hmm. um very very early on in life to realize that I can harness both right and thereby what you're saying is most people lack exposure and that's why they yes. do not know how to develop it yes so exactly you're not exposed and by your parents yeah. yourself exactly right and and you know it can be 
a multitude of things like for example right now my job gives me the opportunity to explore both but that's not always been the case in my life right so right. i would always find different avenues to still be able to fulfill both sides right so for example when i was at i am lucknow um you were again it was uh, you know very clear there was a goal you know there were a bunch of ambitious people there it was relative grading so you were all fighting for literally half a mark uh, you know on days um and even there uh i was part of this uh, you know the the management fest of uh, uh, you know i'm luck now and uh, mm-hmm. the role that i played was creative content and media right so i learned photoshop while i was at i am luck now to be able to hone that side right um and similarly you know uh, even at mckinsey it was you know anything home decor or baking i picked up baking very heavily when i was at mckinsey to be able to still give myself those opportunities to explore this side and even now you know um like you said i find ways to to calm myself and find those focus times that i would paint on weekends when i felt like it was getting a lot and i needed to just cut off and you know take a break so i think um part of it is just exposing yourself and i i was speaking to someone the other day and uh, they said you know i've spent so much time in the company of people who think exactly like me that <laughs> can you connect me to right brain creative people i wonder what it would be like and what i would be like in their company right so i i i want to spend more time with right brain creative people they have a different way of thinking maybe i could learn something so i think exposure is not you just simply doing the activity exposure could literally just be surrounding yourself with people of a completely different mindset and rather than closing yourself out and saying that's not me explore and see whether you can learn something right so um, i think it's just about putting yourself in situations where you get to sort of explore both sides you may come back saying that hey while i've explored this side then here are the two three things i can take away in my life this is not an everyday thing for me and mm-hmm. that's fine right everybody has creative and logic in varying proportions and that's perfectly okay um but i think at least my belief is that you you develop more wholly as a person if if you explore both because you are capable of contributing irrespective of the situation right i i'm pretty sure that if i if i did not demonstrate both skill sets i would not be doing the role that i'm doing right now mm-hmm. right you know my boss saw me demonstrate both skill sets and st- and hence felt okay fine um this she that. can do it right and um so i think a lot of times at least um, my experience has been it's it's definitely an asset um to be able to tap into both sides i, I must tell this at every time and i am also like the lateral student i learning multiple things like this and you know talking about it endlessly when i learn something new creatively and uh, every time i do that i feel i understand my clients in a different light altogether and everything that i have learned from calligraphy to line art to to acting everything that i have learned actually it gives a newer perspective to understand the same situation because very you true. explore and understand yourself in a in a different light altogether very true you know like you said i think creative people have a certain capability for lateral or tangential thinking because they're not always followed but they they not they don't always look at a follows b follows c and hence prove right, right. um and so sometimes and that's sometimes you know probably the the thing that differentiates Uh, how they look at a problem and how they solve it in a unique way um as opposed to someone who would follow a very structured path right and while of course you need that structured thinking because sometimes 
you know the the situations that you're faced with are absolute chaos and you do need to make <laughs> sense of them um a lot of times sometimes the way to cracking a problem that nobody else has cracked is simply just looking at it differently right and and that's an important skill as well um so i think it's it's very important to be able to have both rather than saying ah i'm too creative and this is not my ball game or oh my god i don't understand creativity that's not my space hope you have had some quick takeaways from this particular conversation now learning is not about having these amazing people coming and talking to you about how they became successful it is not even about somebody breaking the code and giving you the perfect formula to follow the lead it is actually when you stop pause and reflect on the way things have gone wrong and if you look at ways to improve it move forward it actually occurs when you take actions if you are unwilling unable to or uninspired to take actions these lessons will remain with you obviously they will because they're so powerful and these people are such amazing storytellers but it won't create the actual shift in your life So every week, every day, if you can literally pick one little thing that you want to practice for that month or that week, you will see some phenomenal shift in your way of living life, in your perspectives, in your ways of approaching the situation, and most importantly, in your mental calmness. So it would really help you to start with any concept that you want to work on, improve upon, but make sure that instead of only talking about it, you take actions. a small action will do a large humongous action would do but taking action is an essential part of the journey because if you want to claim the high performer that you can become then the results are in the process make your process your hero thank you so much for joining me one thank you so much i think each week i get to have the space with all of you where we can share some interesting different and at times path breaking views that people bring on the podcast and they linger and they create change because that is the power of someone who is speaking from their heart after having lived through the grind of life if you want to know more about india's first mental and emotional gym do check out the link aptforme.com it's called aptforme.com If you would like to learn a specific graphology based handwriting stroke that we have created which we call Kam Sutra S stroke practice to deal with your anxiety or deeper concern areas you can check out the website aditisurana.com/kamsutra it is C L M Kam Sutra so happy new year everybody i'll see you one more time on india's first graphology based leadership show on friday with one more episode of absolutely right till then happy writing